0: Hello and welcome once again to What's Out There, the paranormal podcast from the Out There Paranormal Group. And yes, we are back. Talking for you tonight, I have myself, Nigel.
1: And myself... Again, Juliet.
0: Whee! The gang's <laughs> back in town. We're back. It's been a while, so we're sorry, folks, because real life has interfered in our lives and it's been very, very difficult to get ourselves both together to be able to record. It
1: has. Real life sucks sometimes, doesn't it? It
0: certainly does, yeah. We've yeah. had our fair share of it, <laughs> only just recently, me and you. Anyway, we're not going to go into that. Instead, we're going to record a lovely podcast for you. Mm. And there are some things that we need to clear up from our last one. Yes. Fact or folklore? We did a icebreaker where we told you three stories about ourselves. and Two were true, one was fake. So we're now going to tell you which ones of our stories were fake to see whether or not you actually got it right.
1: I'm trying to remember what they were.
0: Can you remember? No. Can you remember about the grabbing the pilot's testicles?
1: Oh, my goodness <laughs> me. Yes, <laughs> how, I can. How
0: could you forget that?
1: What, what were the... I can't remember them now because it was a while ago since we did the podcast. Uh, you so.
0: said about grabbing the pilot's testicles. Yes, that yeah, was one. Um, belly dancing. Yes. And hand modelling.
1: Yes. Yeah. They were my three. And what were your three?
0: And my three were... Oh, my God. See? Uh, medals for Ballroom and Latin American Dancing. yes. Uh, been in the qualifying for Olympic swimming team. Yes, and I can't remember the last one. Winning medals for my privates.
1: Yes, yes that's right. And painting that's soldiers
0: right. in competitions. So
1: go on, Nigel, reveal yours.
0: Okay, mine is swimming. In fact, I was terrified of water as a child, and I didn't learn to swim till I was forty.
1: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs>
0: yeah. Hard to believe it. I swim every week now, and I love it, but...
1: You do? Oh, yeah, yeah, I couldn't,
0: honestly. Well, couldn't not you swimming. take
1: Anna, don't you? Well, yeah. And my one was hand modelling. Yes, the others are true. Did I actually grab my pilot's testicles? Yes, I did. It was highly embarrassing. I don't think anybody else on this planet has had a similar experience when learning to fly. Um but yes, these things tend to happen to okay. me and I had a bit of a panic attack um, up in an aeroplane and I went to grab the edge of my seat and as anyone knows that when you are up in these diddly little planes, um, yes, there's not a lot of room and so that, yeah, it was highly embarrassing. Um I think the young man involved actually got enjoyed the experience. He lunged for his
0: joystick. Yeah. I just
1: wanted to leave. Um, but, of course, I was stuck up in the air for quite some time. Um, so the embarrassment continued until I got down on the ground. But, yes, that's uh, Juliet's humdinger for today.
0: There we go. And the other thing, of course, we were uh, talking about on the podcast was the fact that we told you three stories. Two of the stories are actually based on historical fact, and one of them was a popular folklore tale, and the popular folklore tale was the story from Acol, the Josiah Burge and the pool of blood on the bridge. The other two are actually true murders that took place in Norfolk, and the stories attached to them are genuine, which is really quite creepy. I think the the one about, um, the lady's name i can't remember god she's terrible isn't it mm, was really it's really it it is yeah it's cuz we are old it's cuz we are old we're getting on a bit now aren't we <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> time is ticking for us Juliet.
1: <laughs> old people indeed indeed oh. which
0: brings us quite nicely yeah onto the subject for this podcast indeed you do. we're going to talk about a really cheery cheery subject mm. Actually, you can blame some of this partly on our lovely friend Liz Barclay, because she put this idea in my head, talking on an uncanny community, I do believe, uncanny community Zoom call about, they were talking about death omens and harbingers, and she wasn't entirely certain what they were, but she was talking about a Scottish version of the Banshee. I am not even going to try and say its name, but it's. Oh, go on. Oh, go on. K- k- K-O-N-E-A-G. It's n- spelled C O.
1: This is where we a- need Liz, I- isn't
0: it? N- e- a- G.
1: We need Liz on this Yeah.
0: One, so Liz? if you yeah, you, you should come on Liz and tell us how to say mm. it. Um, but yeah, it's a harbinger. It's basically something that warns you of impending doom or an impending death. And a former banshee. Obviously, the banshee is an Irish spirit which takes the form of a wailing woman. That's what comes along to warn you that someone in your family is going to die. Okay. In folk myth, the banshee originated from the death of a professional mourner known as a keener or crier. Uh, keeners were employed at funerals and wakes to mourn for the dead by moaning, chanting, crying, etc. And you can find examples of this in sort of popular novels and writings and things. But that's where it actually came from. And it sort of developed into this, like, myth of mm. a person, often a woman. It's always a woman that turns up all white, disheveled. Why is
1: it always women, though? I don't know. Is it because men wrote these stories? Possibly. You know? Could and be. And they moaning, whaley women. <laughs> you know? Why, why couldn't a banshee be male?
0: It could be. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I've done it now, haven't I? I've told myself I've been not to, so I really shouldn't have said that, should no, I? I'm joking. Yes, they, it's, um, they are women, normally sort of said to be women, and there's lots of different forms of them. So what I'm going to do, rather than harp on about banshees, mm-hmm. I'm going to write this one up for our newsletter on okay. Substack, but we're going to talk about some other harbingers, some lovely death omens. We are indeed. Things through the ages that have been sort of told as a tale of things to come.
1: So, here we go. Q the Cure.
0: You spring,
1: you. Yes. So, you might have guessed it, guys. The next one is all about kitty cats.
0: We have our own...
1: Is he the ghost cat? Yeah, I know she's, where she is at the moment. I don't know. She was here a moment ago, but she's gone off with her little bell.
0: Oh, there we go. She'll um, come back later on she, Disturb, yeah, she When she wants does.
1: feeding, she will come back. But, you know, we all know about black cats. We've heard them this. And black cats are definitely one of the most famous omens of death. We've all heard about it. We've all known about it. And they're found in folklore traditions all around the world. Now, there are many different ways that interacting with a black cat is seen as a sign of imminent danger or of the approaching death of either you or someone very close to you, a loved one. Now, an old German superstition states that if a black cat sits at the bedside or at the bed of a sick person, then this is a sign that they're due to die very soon.
0: Yeah. That's creepy.
1: I know. Poor cats. (laughs) I know. Now... A black cat, we know, crossing our path is meant to be very, very lucky, right?
0: Apparently so, In England. Yes. Yeah.
1: But in Scotland, it's very different. And it's believed that a black cat crossing your path is a sign that death is coming to someone in mm. your family.
0: Ooh. It's interesting, isn't it? Is it is very interesting. There's sort of one against the other like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's also said that a black cat crossing the path of a funeral is a sign that a family member of the deceased will die very soon. This is
0: I mean I'm, these
1: pork I'm going to avoid these cats out the playing, I can huh? tell you, yeah. Now hearing the mewing of a black cat at midnight is another common superstition and that's said to be an omen of someone's death.
0: How would you know if it's a black cat at midnight. Exactly. How did you see you it? you going to say it's like, hang right? about. This yeah, is a bit right? unfair.
1: Oh, Izzy's back. You I can just probably heard hear that. a bell. Yeah, I heard that bell. because we're talking about cats. It's what it is. Now, we can trace the roots of this superstition way, way, way back to ancient Greece. Hello, Izzy. Hello, you. And according to mythology, Zeus's wife, Hera, obviously the queen of the gods, turned her servant into a black cat as a punishment poor cats getting a bad press. Now he went on to become the assistant for Hecate, the goddess of witchcraft. Now because of his association with witches and evil and bad stuff, black cats are still seen today as a sign of bad luck or even death. But the worst part however is that these superstitious omens have resulted in black cats being adopted significantly less than other cats, and that's really sad. That is isn't
0: really it? sad, yeah. Because there's, no like there's no actual proof, There's no proof at all, but it's people like superstitions and rumours and Poor these little strange stories. Cats. Yeah. No one so, wants a little black cat.
1: Ladies and gents, if you're going to adopt a kitty cat after Christmas, go for a little black cat.
0: Get a black cat, yeah, and don't worry about all this nonsense we've just no. told you because none of it's true. No, it's all pretend. It is. We just made it all up.
1: Or did we?
0: I don't know. Mm, there you go. Let's talk about something else that cats like. To eat. Yeah, they mm. certainly do. They do <laughs> eat an awful <laughs> lot of them, don't they? We're talking about birds, and birds are also known to be death omens.
1: They are indeed. They
0: are indeed.
1: Edgar Allan Poe actually wrote about I the raven.
0: did, the raven, yes. Have we
1: got a clip of that? I
0: think we could put some on. I tell you what, mm. we've got someone, a really cool reading a bit of it so we'll pop him on. Brilliant. You can see, guess who it is. Okay, cool. Prophet said I, thing of evil, prophet still if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore. Tell this soul with sorrow laden if within the distant Aden it shall clasp a sainted maiden, whom the angels named Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden, whom the angels named Lenore. Quoth the Raven, nevermore. There you go. So, yeah, along those lines, we're going to talk about crows rather than ravens. Uh, crows are yet another famous omen of death or misfortune. Even in films today, it's not uncommon to have crows present in scenes that are meant to be dark, dangerous and foreboding. Seeing a single crow is believed to be an omen of bad luck rather than death. However, if you see a large group of five or more crows, also known as a murder Ooh. of crows... This is believed to be an omen of the illness or death of yourself or someone you know. In the Middle Ages, people believed that witches used the crow as a symbol to cast death spells. It doesn't have to be a real crow either. If you dream about a solitary crow, this means death was coming for you too.
1: Blimey, right.
0: I know. Mm. Poor crows.
1: Yeah, I
0: know, right? Mm, there we are. And you see... This is a bird I really like. Me too. And it's like one is when you think, "No, I don't believe any of this because they can't possibly be associated with this." We're talking about owls. Oh. Owls are yet another bird that have an unfortunate reputation in folkloric superstitions. For example, if you are walking under a tree at night and you hear an owl hooting overhead. This is believed to be an omen that the family member is going to die soon. Now, this is great, isn't it? Oh, I mean, right. I've heard, we, we hear owls all the time out where we are because how, we're sort of quite rural. Have so. you ever
1: seen an owl's legs?
0: Well, when they're sort of, they're really funny, yes. aren't they? They look really weird when you see a wet owl. They're like, whoo, you long <laughs> his really funny little long body. they
1: legs, but they're just really <laughs> hidden because of really, all their feathers.
0: Yeah, they look really odd, don't they?
1: <laughs> Sorry, I that's don't That's
0: okay. Press. If an owl is perched on your rooftop... This is also a sign that death is coming for someone you know. If an owl hoots while flying past a sick person, it signals that the person will likely not recover from their illness. This, is, this is grim, isn't it? It's like dodge the owls to say, well, out of yeah, the way. that's it. There is also a belief that hearing an owl screech three times or having it land on your bedpost meant that death was going to happen. Land on your bedpost.
1: How would an owl land on your <laughs>
0: bedpost? Or just flapping through the window going to land on that Jesus' yeah, bedpost. Yeah, right. Honestly, I, I love these. They're, they're, they're so bonkers. <laughs> there are even famously rumoured instances of owls foreshadowing death in history. It is believed that before the death of the Roman Emperor Antonius, an owl was seen perched above his bedroom door. Once again... Like crows, you don't have to see a real owl to be a victim. Dreaming of owls means impending death for yourself or those close to you. This is great, isn't it, So, But please, folks, don't think about owls after listening, because if you ever dream about an owl, I'm going to be very worried about you.
1: Oh, by the way, I just want to add, if you can hear purring, it's not me. (laughs)
0: Are you sure?
1: It's not me, it's Izzy. Yes,
0: we have our little friend with us once again. (laughs) She just doesn't want to miss out, does she? (laughs) In fact, both owls and crows are closely associated with death in Celtic folklore, often being ambassadors for the gods of death and the underworld. So it makes sense that both owls and crows are known as messengers of death. It's not just owls and crows that can be bird harbingers of bad news. Any old bird can do it. A bird sitting on your bedroom windowsill and tapping on your glass could mean your death is nigh.
1: What about a chicken?
0: Oh God. Prophetic death chicken. Yeah. That's a worry. Mm. I'm going to have to look that one up now. Okay. I know magpies, they says magpies yes. are worse. Because there's lots of tales about magpies. There is. But chickens, I'm not so sure No, about. I just wondered. Okay. Just popped on
1: in there, sorry. It,
0: as it does <laughs> with Often you. With it, yes, I was going to say, yeah. A random chicken mm. just popped in there. Mm. <laughs> it's not just live birds that will get you. One old wives' tale formed during the 16th century's outbreak of witch trials warn that if a bird happens to fly into a window or wall and die, it's a very good indication that you can expect a fatality within the week. And dead birds reoccurring around you are also a sign of death and can be seen in many movies and stories as bad omens. You're looking up death chicken, aren't you?
1: Well, I am, because I think there is an omen about chickens. I mean, chickens were a spirit animal.
0: Well, they were seen as being prophetic I birds.
1: Mean, you, we, we've seen, like, you know, traditions all over the world, haven't we? Sacrificing chickens and things yeah. like that. But it was actually considered a bad omen if a chicken refused to eat.
0: Ah, uh-huh. Well, it goes back to um, the podcast I did, uh, Winner Winner Chicken Dinner, folks, if you want to go and listen to it. We actually talk about chickens being used as prophetic animals in Rome. And you were right. They were worried right if they didn't eat. It was a bad sign.
1: Mm. So, yeah, So there's all sorts of things about chickens. I just wondered because chickens have obviously been with us for thousands and thousands of years as a food source and sacrifice. And I just wondered if there was any particular... Omen. there's omen's about giant roosters.
0: You, you know why this you know, came they on? they believe
1: didn't it? it's they're responsible for storms. It's
0: because you it. ate a chicken kebab, isn't it? That's what it is. Oh,
1: so did you? I
0: know. It <laughs> but wasn't you just got just chi- me. I know, but you got chicken you got on the brain now, haven't you? Just me sitting
1: here with a very big tummy. Oh, it's you as well. That was
0: far too much.
1: <laughs> but Yes. Anyway, moving on from chickens.
0: Where were we? We're now going to go on to.
1: Can you guess, folks? <laughs> Love is like a butterfly,
0: as soft and gentle as a sigh. The multicoloured moods of love are like its in
1: wings. Love is like a butterfly.
0: It is indeed.
1: We're going to talk about black butterflies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, the meaning and symbolism of black butterflies changes from one culture to another, but they're usually seen as a sign of impending doom and death especially in places such as Brazil, Colombia, Central America and also China. Well, that's probably because that's the only place you're going to see a black butterfly.
0: Yeah, they're not... You're not going mate. to see
1: one in the UK, are you? Anyway.
0: I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was sharing around the world things. <laughs> yeah, right. We do, we do get broadcast around the world.
1: Sharing is caring.
0: Indeedy, indeed.
1: Spotting a black butterfly in the house supposedly means that a member of that house would die. Although, on rare occasions, black butterflies appear in the house after a family member has already died. Interesting.
0: Mm, Could it
1: be the soul, the of, soul
0: of the person? Yeah. yeah.
1: Now, according to the Celts, hang on a minute. The Celts...
0: Are back again.
1: No, but did we have black butterflies around there? The Celts.
0: Well, yeah, the Celts are all across Europe. They're not just here.
1: Well, yes, I know, but the black butterflies are usually found in hot climates, aren't they? The Celts went <laughs> in hot climates, were they?
0: Stop arguing about Celts. No, I'm just <laughs>
1: thinking about this out loud. Anyway, according to the Celts, black butterflies are the souls of deceased people. That's what I just said.
0: It could have been a moth. A moth. Oh, yeah, a black moth. A black moth. They might have got moths and butterflies confused.
1: Why would you say that? I don't know. Why did all their slippers get eaten I was just something? thinking about...
0: Thinking anyway... You, you you're me completely with your girls black on. butterflies. When a
1: deceased person fails to find their place in the afterlife, they turn into black butterflies and sometimes return to the places they used to live. And, again, in a hot climate in Caribbean populations, spotting a beautiful black butterfly in the warmth that is really a witch... Means that someone has cast an evil spell on you.
0: That's nice. Yeah, right. You can splat that butterfly.
1: But in Mexico, again, lovely warm climate, not like here. You
0: have a pop of me about this, aren't
1: you? Well, you're not in charge of our climate. The black witch moth. <laughs> uh, ah! Uh, It's known as the Butterfly of Of Death. death. Death, death, The
0: Butterfly of
1: Death. It is believed that when the Butterfly of Death enters a sick person's house, that person will die. Oh, no. I nearly misread that and I thought that said enters a sick person. (laughs) I thought it was turning into some kind of horror podcast. Anyway, in southern Texas, however, it is believed that a death occurs only if the butterfly visits all four corners of the house. Well, there's not many people that die in Texas then when they say butterfly. I mean, they're not, are they? They're not really going <laughs> to flippy flap over to one corner and then to another and then another one and well, another it, uh, one, are they? They
0: might if you can chase them out of the room. Mm. No, no. Well, that, mm, okay.
1: Anyway, it's not all doom and gloom because in beautiful Hawaii... <laughs> Aloha. A black butterfly is an embodiment of a loved one who has come to say goodbye.
0: Oh, it's nice to finish on a nice one like that, isn't, isn't it? 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 I'd is. love to
1: be in Hawaii yeah. right now.
0: Although I prefer the black butterfly death oh. myself.
1: <laughs> Sipping cocktails. Oh, stop the it. Sea.
0: There's a volcano erupting there at the moment, though.
1: Would you stop? What?
0: I'm just saying. I'm, suppo-
1: I'm trying to be relaxing and you're putting in volcanoes. Well, it might be
0: dangerous. Goodness sake.
1: <laughs> anyway, that leads you on to the next one, doesn't it, Mr Death Watch?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Here we go. I like this one. It's, well, one, it's, it's one of those ominous sounds. And it belongs to the Death Watch Beetle. Death Watch Beetles are pests. No,
1: but, see, it is your one, isn't it? It is,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Death Watch Beetle.
1: No, you're a pest. I'm a pest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? Yeah, That's Death Watch Beetles, honestly. Come I'm, on, sh- they're sh-
1: known for damaging wooden furniture, You might though? You might not
0: have guessed that I'm trying <laughs> to sort of read bits from a script here. <laughs> Deathwatch beetles are pests that are known for damaging wooden furniture and the wooden structures of buildings. I knew I'd get there in the end. During mating season, here we go. <laughs> Mature deathwatch beetles make a tapping or ticking sounds by hitting their head against the wood to attract mates. <laughs> We're talking about head-banging beetles! Put that music on. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You know what? I tried head banging in my youth to attract females, and it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> they just look at you like you need it, so What the hell is he doing? I don't see any noise.
1: Do you know what the image in my head now? <laughs> it's not good, is it? Uh... I had longer hair in them days. <laughs> He used to it, look like Billy Idol with
0: <laughs> the peroxide blonde, yeah, flat top. It is. Yeah. Very strange, I know.
1: Anyway, back to the Beatles.
0: Where were we? Oh, the Beatles. Not those Beatles. The Death Watch Death Beatles. Death Watch Beatles. Not Ringo, no. John, George, and. No. I can't remember all their names.
1: John, Paul, George, and Ringo. That's the ones. Yeah.
0: Okay, back to the head banging Beatles making their tapping noise. I'm not sure whether that was a tapping noise. Actually, that's nothing like the tapping noise they make. But this sound is heard quite clearly on quiet nights in old houses. Over time, this sound became associated with the sleepless nights that people spent beside a dying or dead person. As a result, the noise that Death Watch Beatles make came to be interpreted as an omen of misfortune and death. You'll also hear this death omen described as the sound of a ticking clock coming from the wall or piece of furniture.
1: What was that noise?
0: Funny you should mention it Jules, but it said, did you hear that? I did hear that. The ticking. Yeah. Tick, tick, ticking. Yeah. Ticking clock. ...of Saint Pasquale. It's what this is actually known as. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's said to be ticking away the last hours or minutes of someone's life. Saint Pasquale supposedly had the ability to feel the imminence of death by touching a door. Something he developed while pursuing his profession as a doorman at a convent... Whilst we're on the subject of clocks, if your clock strikes 13,
1: Unlucky for some.
0: It could well be. It may just be an unreliable clock. It could be peeling out a death sentence for someone too. If your clock suddenly stops, your life just might do the same. And if a clock that has long been stopped starts to tick again, this is also thought to be a sign of impending misfortune or death.
1: There has been a lot of cases that I've read about where people that have owned a clock for years, when they pass away, the clock stops at the time of their death. Yeah. There's been lots of stories like that.
0: And they can't get them to restart as well. Yeah. yeah I know. Interesting. It's creepy, isn't it?
1: Mm. So, our next one is something i absolutely adore
0: you've actually got one
1: i have i wear one on my finger opals Mm. i love opals now throughout history some stones were very prized and admired for their magical qualities while others were denounced as vessels of evil.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) Here we go. Does
1: this mean I've got to stop wearing my ring now? Possibly.
0: Read it, though. I think it feels so bad we actually get through it. Now,
1: opals were assigned to the latter category. Okay. Now, it was widely believed that witches and sorcerers used opals to increase their magical powers, and it was said that they sometimes even focused them like laser beams on the people they wished to harm. Look out nice. I'm going to
0: watch you with that opal now, yeah.
1: (laughs) Medieval Europeans tended to avoid opals because of their resemblance to the evil eye and their likeness to the eyes of cats, toads and snakes. Now, an opal that was utterly contaminated with evil was said to be capable of maiming or even killing the person wearing it.
0: Nice. Oh, Lord. Yours is a nice opal. Well,
1: I think so, but I'm not so sure now. It's
0: beautiful.
1: Now, as the Black Death spread across the whole of Europe, back in the day, a great number of people began blaming opals for the numerous deaths that occurred. And it was noticed that opal-wearing victims of the Black Death had their opals turn brilliant, but just as quickly, that brilliance would soon disappear. Now, in reality, the stone had altered because of the change from the warmth of the fever to the chill of death. But people in those days believed that the stone had altered due to its evil influence on the victim's fate. So, the poor stone got a bad rep... And it was thus associated with the death of the victim, and wearing an opal soon became seen as an omen of death. Mm. Oh, no. I
0: know. It hasn't put you off wearing it, though, has it?
1: Well, it's pretty, isn't it? It's
0: gorgeous, yeah.
1: I feel sad now. It's an we'll have to, we'll have to put death. a picture
0: of your opal ring up so everyone can actually see it, because it is really beautiful.
1: It's cute, isn't it? And
0: it sort of catches the light.
1: It, it, it reminds <clears throat> me of a galaxy. Yeah or it's just all the ocean yeah it's beautiful isn't it
0: doesn't look evil at all catches the light doesn't it's does. pretty yeah, it anyway nice. sorry we're just distracted by your, your, your ring there
1: <laughs> okay
0: oh god I walked into that
1: I? Uh, so next one now just gonna yeah, Nox, going it? to be death knocks it's going to be
0: death Knox, it is now, this
1: is one you came across wasn't it
0: this is really quite interesting because uh, on a research in the room 611 article that I wrote for Haunted magazine, I came across this superstition from Ireland okay and according to this superstition when three knocks are heard at the door and no one is there, it means that someone has died or is about to die. Yeah. so poor Ken in room 611. Lucky there wasn't three knocks at your door and it was a lot of knocks because it could have been. So
1: it's not knock knock run, it's knock 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 run. Yeah it is, oh,
0: yeah. Uh, the three knocks are also sometimes known as the three knocks of doom in Ireland. The three knocks of doom at the door and window both represent an omen of death. In Scotland the knocks are perceived as a sign of death. They come at regular intervals of one to two minutes in duration. Hmm. Mm. So there's got to be a gap in between them and then. Yeah. Those who practice Wicca believe the knock of three represents blasphemy against the Holy Trinity. So, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, yeah. Yeah, well,
1: it's like the mark of three, isn't it? It is, well? yeah, yeah. Interesting, yeah.
0: yeah. Regardless of the belief system, the knock of three is a powerful symbol of the end times. It's also considered a symbol of death for those entrusted to the care of the three sisters of the underworld. Mm. Interesting. Very Interesting. Yeah.
1: Oh, doppelgangers. Now, these have always fascinated me, doppelgangers. Yeah,
0: yeah. And when you sort of think about it, you, you think, oh, I'd love to see someone who looks just like me, but then when you sort of...
1: I think my dad had an experience with a doppelganger. I'm what? sure he said... he saw
0: someone like, exactly like him?
1: Well, his own dad,
0: oh. after he passed, yeah. Mm, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'm
1: sure he did. I might be wrong, but I'm sure he'd said oh, to well, me right. once that he... After his dad passed away, he then
0: saw someone that looked he, exactly like him. Yeah,
1: Big, you know. It could well, just that's be... odd
0: because when you sort of get into the story of doppelgangers, that kind of, in a weird way, it kind of fits. Yeah. yeah. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Creepy. Now, the word doppelganger means a double goer in German, and it's when someone's exact replica is born to different parents. So, if you spot your doppelganger out and about, this is a sign that your death was soon to come in German culture. The same is true if a friend or family member sees your doppelganger. Now you might also hear of doppelgangers referred to as evil twins in folklore. And if you speak to your own evil twin, they'll try to trick you with sinister thoughts. They'll put bad ideas in your head, causing your demise. Mm. Now the double as a death omen has been around for hundreds of years. Queen Elizabeth I was rumoured to have seen her doppelganger reclining in her bed looking pale and lifeless a few days before her own passing and Abraham Lincoln actually told his wife that as, there's a doppelganger bell in the background <laughs> but as soon as he was elected president he saw two of his own faces in the mirror. His wife then accurately predicted that the apparition meant that Lincoln would be elected to a second term, but would not survive it. Now in Celtic folklore, there's a legend of a fairy creature known as a changeling, who would steal children and replace them with doubles, which became sickly and died within days. This explanation meant grieving parents could hold onto the belief their children were alive with the fairies somewhere. Oh. oh, gosh.
0: It's quite sad.
1: It really is quite sad, oh, yeah. isn't it? Oh. But then, of course, fairies got a bad reputation. I was going
0: to say, yes, yeah, stealing kids.
1: You no? Know, I do believe in fairies. I do, I do. Peter Pan. Yeah, guessed
0: it. I did indeed. Tinkerbell.
1: Oh, cute fairy. Yeah, well, oh, she bit. was. She had a temper, though. I was going to
0: say, yeah, she was a little bit... Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah call you Tinkerbell. Don't you dare. <laughs> I
1: haven't got wings.
0: You've got a temper, though. Well. It's true.
1: <laughs> not very often, fortunately.
0: No, no. You're yeah, no, you not so bad, are you? Okay. Back to our Omens of Death. This is a cheery one, isn't it? I know, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. What are we like?
1: You picked it. I
0: know. Well, I just thought it was good at the time.
1: It's interesting. It
0: is very interesting, yeah. Where were we? Back to our Omens of Death and...
1: Can you guess what it is,
0: folks?
1: Yeah.
0: You make it sound really lovely, but mm. if I give it the title, what I've got here? Corpse Candles? Not quite as, أي- <laughs> ooh, twee, is it?
1: No, mm. but did you gather what the music was? I did,
0: Win of the Wisp. It was, right. It is, yeah, anyway. the, the, the classic children's programme with mm. uh, Kenneth Williams. Very
1: badly sung,
0: yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's okay. <laughs> well, I knew what it was. If you've been seeing mysterious lights following you around, death may be coming for you. Corpse candles, also known as Will-O-The-Wisps or Ignis Fatus, are ominous, mysterious orbs or flames of light that can present themselves in blue, yellow or white colours. Science has explained this phenomenon as glowing balls of marsh gas, but there are also superstitions that the lights come from spirits. Now, I actually covered this story in another podcast called The Lantern Men. I did, so, yeah. But I'd like to touch it away again here because it's another sort of angle on it. So, these flickering lights that seemed to hover were seen by folks from the window or while out walking. They were said to lead the souls of the dead to their resting place with corpse candles heralding an oncoming bereavement. If you were very unlucky, the corpse candles would come towards your house, foreshadowing a death in the household
1: I am never looking out my window at no again. <laughs> mind you I don't live near a marsh so I'm okay
0: no I'm quite safer I am as well
1: you're closer to marsh than me
0: I am but there is the main road between me and the river so fair point could be someone with a talk show couldn't it
1: yeah oh right. god
0: I'm not <laughs> looking out the window either way it has been long believed that some corpse candles are death omens they supposedly float over the home of a person who's going to perish or fly partway between a sick person's home and their ultimate grave site.
1: So does that mean you don't actually have to see them then?
0: No. They just oh, well, that's flip. great then, isn't it's it? It's even better, isn't it? Brilliant. I'm sorry about this. Yeah, right. Yeah, I should never mention them, should I? Oh. Corpse candles are even known to float over fishing boats, indicating that they will soon sink.
1: Blimey, O'Reilly.
0: I don't like them.
1: You're closer to fishing boats as oh, well. Oh, for
0: goodness sake, will you stop it? <laughs> hey, are you, are you trying to wish me away or something? No. Oh, don't do it to me, George, don't do it to me.
1: So, talking about blowing away or wishing away.
0: This is the weirdest one. Yeah. It, it, honestly, we're going to tell you this one, but it I is... I can't
1: sing this one, but anyway. It
0: is bonkers. Here we go.
1: Fans.
0: Fans. Yep, Fans. Fans.
1: We don't have any fans, but we'll talk about the air-blowing ones, aren't that's
0: we? That's right, the ones that sort of...
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Great sound effects, Nigel. <laughs> Excellent.
0: I sounded just like no, a right? fan, didn't Brilliant. I? Brilliant. Yeah. Now,
1: surely, surely, there can't be anything ominous about household fans, right? You wouldn't have
0: thought so, no.
1: They serve a practical purpose of cooling you down, right? They do. But this device could be more sinister... Oh, it has to be, doesn't it? It has Korea. to be. Korea. Korea has Here we to go. Be. Now, in Korea, it's thought that sleeping with a fan running and your windows closed caused imminent death. <laughs> okay. Like a... Now, when I just how heard how? that, I had it in my head, somebody lying in bed sleeping with a fan, like in bed with them. Yeah,
0: holding on to it. Yeah, right. And they but...
1: like... Yeah. <laughs> Bad image. Anyway, that's just me. Now, the Korean fan death myth is quite simple. When you sleep at night with an electric fan running, not in your bed... No. You might not wake up again in the morning. The fan will silently (laughs) kill you in the night. It's ridiculous. It's insane. It's brilliant. Now, electric fans were introduced to Korea in the 1920s. And since then... Sto- what are these people on? I have no idea. Stories of asphyxiation, face paralysis and nausea have been repeated by the media and by the general public. And nauseam until the myth has seemingly become fact. The media, bless them and their love for the truth... Keep the myth alive by placing a few stories each summer telling the sad tale of another lost soul who has succumbed to the terror of Korean fan death. <laughs> da, 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 da. One such story of many is this one in the Korea Herald.
0: A man reportedly died on Monday morning after sleeping with electric fan running. The 59-year-old victim, only known by his surname, Min, was found dead with the fan fixed directly at him. The Courier Herald, July 2011.
1: Now if you chat with Koreans, they all repeat the same idea. Fans can and will kill you. Everyone seems to remember a story they heard of someone dying from a fan sometime in the past. But no one can actually give any details aside from the obvious cause of death. The electric fan did it.
0: Guilty as charged.
1: Stories like these only help exacerbate the fear of fans and keep this curious urban legend alive in Korea. While some deaths have been linked to electric fans at night, the death was most likely caused by hypothermia or heat stress or underlying health problems. Thanks to stories like this, fans in Korea are now sold with warnings on them (laughs) and everyone has a timer as a life saving feature <laughs> that's
0: just brilliant <laughs> that is honestly that i love stories like that because they are so bonkers it's so nuts, unbelievable isn't it? it's completely insane you Do wouldn't you know even what, think now? of it i'll tell
1: you what i'm going to think differently now in the summer when i put my fan on
0: i'm not going to leave my fan on
1: of course you never know no yeah help
0: now nah, we sort of mentioned it all
1: no, right
0: we could be subjecting ourselves to the Korean death fan.
1: I'm not going to bed with my fan either. Not, no. not that I did anyway. I just want to put that out there. But um, mm-hmm. Don't yeah. look at me like that. <laughs>
0: I'm not so sure. <laughs> I have this image of you <laughs> hugging it at bedtime. Yeah, right. Oh, my one and only fan. Oh, God. Bless you. Now, we're going to touch on some odd ones here. They're not really so much sort of death omens, harbingers, mm-hmm. but they are, I think, I could probably fall into the bracket of cryptid as well
1: yeah absolutely because
0: they are sort of creature based but really really strange so the first one i'm going to hit on is local black me boy he's a local one it's our our old friend black shark
1: yeah we all know the stories of black Black shark black shark is all the way around the coast isn't he in england it's not
0: just it's not just us he's all over the place black devil Mm. dog red eyes harbinger of death you know, seen numerous times. I mean, we are going to go and tell his whole story, and we keep threatening to do it, but we want to go to the churches oh. that he sort of appeared in and where the, sort of the big things happened.
1: We did do something on it. I wrote an article, didn't I, for a magazine. You did, yeah. years back about yeah. Black Shuck. It's yeah. quite interesting. But I didn't know there was a white shuck, isn't I?
0: There is indeed a white shuck. And strange as it may seem, it's a complete opposite mm. of the Black Shuck. So whereupon Black Shuck is a harbinger, this white one is said to be a guardian of sorts. Okay, a white hell hand that is said to stalk a hill near St. Boltoff's Church in Woodbridge in Suffolk. Witnesses have reported seeing a beast in the shape of a dog, pure white in color, and as big as a bullock, lurking close to the watery, boggy areas of the land. Some people believe that White Shuck, or Grendel, or Galley Trot as it is known, is a church grim. It's a supernatural creature that's there to protect the buried corpses in the graveyard from things like devils and witches and all that kind of stuff.
1: Mm. Or maybe even black shuck.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah,
1: right. Been the direct
0: opposite. Yeah, mm. there to sort of stop the harbinger. Mm-hmm. Really, good point. Um, historically, it's said that dogs are often buried alive under a cornerstone in the church foundations as a foundation sacrificed so that its ghost could serve as a guardian. So this one, rather than a harbinger, is actually there to protect.
1: But interestingly, there's even stories about Black Shuck protecting women as well. Even though Black Shuck was said to be the dog of Satan with the bright red eyes, yeah. like glowing yeah, devil and all dog the devil dog. And stuff, There's actually been stories of it protecting women,
0: which yeah. is quite interesting. Yeah. So
1: Black Shuck isn't always evil. No. But uh, I think it's quite interesting because black is often associated with evil and white is associated with the, the light it's isn't exactly it? yeah so yeah it's quite yeah. interesting how the white shuck has has appeared
0: yeah you' got this mm. balance between the two
1: yeah and Nige, you love this one don't you
0: this is the last one there there's two here um they're both harbingers of sorts mm. but they're both really really strange creatures. Um, We're hitting on cryptids as the last ones because we are hoping at some stage to get a cryptid expert on that we can have a chat with about various cryptid things. Oh, yes. He said he'd do it, didn't he? He said he would do it, Not going to say who it is yet. No, because we're going to surprise you with that one. Secret. Secret. Top secret. But here we go. These two here. I'm talking about, to start with, the Mothman, Mm. which always seemed really bonkers to me. A man who's a giant moth. Yeah. You know, it just, it just, yeah, it's a funny one. But the, the story is, you know, quite, I mean, there's a film, wasn't there? The Mothman Prophecies, wasn't yes, there? Is. And um, it's well written about. So, what is it? Basically, he's native to Point Pleasant in West Virginia. The Mothman first appeared to a group of men digging a grave in 1966. Described as a winged, human-like creature with glowing red eyes, its presence coincided with the collapse of the Silver Bridge, That caused the death of over 40 people. Since then, many have claimed to have seen the Mothman before major accidents, traumatic deaths and natural catastrophes. catastrophes. That was a bloody difficult word for me to get (laughs) out, wasn't it? And the other one, did you want to do this one? Oh,
1: the reports of the black bird of Chernobyl. Uh, yeah now that started appearing months before the disaster in 1986 and it's actually quite relevant now isn't yeah, it it? with is, everything yeah. going on in ukraine yeah the creature shared the same characteristics as the mothman human-shaped wings covered in dark hair and had glowing red eyes now those that came across the bird got mysterious phone calls and suffered terrible nightmares These sightings appeared every day until the early morning of April 26th, when the reactor blew. Rescue workers and pilots, as we know, battled the flames and rescued residents of the nearby town of Pripyat, reported terrifying stories of a huge black figure flying from the destroyed reactor, circling the black smoke rising from it. Now this was the last time the black bird was reportedly sighted. Let's hope it doesn't reappear again. Yeah, we
0: really don't want to see that one again, do we?
1: that's
0: it. So there we go. A whole list of horrors from us. Mm. Death omens, harbingers, cheery things. I hope
1: you enjoyed it, guys. Yeah,
0: it was interesting. Some of those (laughs) stories, you look at them and you think to yourself, this is just madness. Well, the
1: fans is a little bit mad. The fans is brilliant. Some (laughs) of the other
0: ones, they're sort of go back sort of through history and you can see why oh, yeah. people have associated it with these things oh,
1: absolutely you know the
0: fear that sort of goes with them
1: yeah but poor little black cats though
0: i don't like the black cats one that's sad no yeah. I think we should say to people, don't listen to the black cats.
1: No, I'm, a, I'm a cat person. Everybody you, knows I'm a cat You're very cat definitely mommy. a cat person. I'm a cat mommy. Yeah.
0: You'd get a little so, black kitten if one came up, wouldn't you? Oh, I would. Yeah, certainly I would.
1: Cats. I'm actually thinking about getting yeah, another I'm looking
0: cat. for another one, yeah. A kitten,
1: yeah. So we're
0: going to have two of them interfering. After Christmas I'm not Every single podcast that we Christmas, do. But... Meowing and wandering around bells ringing. <laughs> creating chaos like the one know. does at the moment. Yeah. I know. And there we go. That's all for this podcast for now so what can we say keep track of us we know we're all over the shop we're on all forms of social media
1: you can find us on website
0: at www.outtheregroup.net
1: Everything's on there. You know, as I just said, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram.
0: We are. We have this podcast. We left the YouTube channel. We have a Substack newsletter that we started recently as we're well. We're everywhere. We are indeed. You can't
1: escape us. We
0: keep sharing we're our hours of the paranormal. <laughs> we are out there. And it's we'll good- be out there again we very will. soon.
1: And it's goodbye from me.
0: And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye.
1: Take care.